You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 195 with Aaron Barry. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Aaron back on the show for this series. And just a reminder, um, if you missed last week, make sure to check that out first. And then next week and the following week after, I'm going to have a different mom, and that's going to be Shannon Carpenter. But today we are going to talk about homeschooling and how to organize our time. You know, why is it important to have routine and schedules? One thing that really stood out to me with Aaron is that she was saying that she kind of is a free spirit. And so it's not her norm to kind of have a schedule and a routine, but that it actually helps her um, get more done and just be able to give her the freedom to be more creative. And I really love that because I think sometimes people are thinking that in order to homeschool, you have to be a certain personality for it to work. So just to hear that she's kind of like more laid back and go with the flow, but she has to have some of that structure that it makes everything else work better. I just thought that was so great. Um, one of the other things that we talked about too that was um, that kind of just stood out to me is the advantages of homeschooling and um, for different grades. Um, maybe you don't want to homeschool for the kids rest of their lives. You know, um, she kind of breaks down why at different ages um, it's great to homeschool. So I thought that was really interesting. So. Um, Another thing that stood out before we go to the show is just um, making subjects that are non-traditional um, activities count as a credit. And I just thought that was really fascinating. And so um, that really gets you thinking outside of the box. I don't know about you. I'm not totally sold on homeschooling, but it kind of made me a little bit more excited to be like, oh, yeah, maybe we can do this. I don't know. So you may be in the same boat. And <laughs> if anything, you're going to learn a little bit more about homeschooling. There is a lot to cover. Uh, please feel free to share this with your friends that are kind of in the same boat. Um, I'm just trying to help all the moms that I can and kind of give them some you know, choices and options so that they don't just feel stuck, especially with COVID. And if we get quarantined again, um, um, I just want moms to feel like they have um, some choices and I don't want them to feel like they're just kind of pushed into a corner and don't know what direction to go. So um, I hope you guys enjoy this show. Please share it with your friends. But before we jump into the show, I want to do my favorite things segment. And I know that I've talked about this subject a lot, but you guys, I cannot tell you how many moms have told me that they have gained weight during COVID. People who even hit their goal weight and and got amazing results, then January, February roll around and then boom, COVID hits and they find themselves with extra pounds on and pretty frustrated. So I don't know if that's you, but um, I feel like it's a lot of people and I really cannot say enough about the program lean. It was the program that got the ball, the ball rolling for me to lose 50 pounds last year. Um, so I wanted to mention it to you because I just want people to have options. You know, this is why I'm doing the homeschooling uh, series. It's all about options and giving you guys some ideas that you may not be aware of. Um, so if you know somebody that's struggling with weight loss or just feel like they need some accountability and structure, please share this with them. And um, the other thing too, that if you miss me talking about this before, um, you can hear me interviewing Amanda and she goes more in depth on the program. Um, it is a seven week online program. And actually I looked up the dates for you guys. Um, so these are the dates that she has coming down the pipeline, July 20th, August 3rd, 
August 17th and September 7th. So if you're not ready to jump in maybe this summer, I know some of you might be waiting till after 4th of July and then you're like, all right, I'm going to get serious. So July 20th might be your option. Um, or you may, you're like, you know what, let's get the kids started in school and then I want to get back and go hard. Then I highly recommend, you know, the ones in August and September. But if you guys are hearing this episode and it's after those dates, she always has about two sessions a month. Um, so I just feel like you can always grab it. And here's the thing. If you go and um, make a purchase, you can select which session you want. So even if you go in today and you're and it's closer to the July 20th, you can still pick the August and September um, options. So I just love it because I feel like it just gives you that structure. And I feel like we kind of have been you know, just all over the place with COVID and, and some moms are just looking for that structure for themselves and, um, and just looking for some accountability, right? Um, we kind of just been like doing what we want to do, eating whatever the kids are eating and stuff like that. So she really just teaches you what intermittent fasting is, how it can help you with weight loss, tracking macros, what macros are. And, um, she has a workout program that you can do at home. So, this is a perfect solution for you moms that cannot get to a gym or go do stuff because maybe you're stuck, your husband's working and stuff like that or traveling. And so again, I highly recommend this program. Go and listen to the episode that I interviewed her. That's 167. I will put that in the show notes. And if you guys want $10 off, I have a special referral code for you. And the code is mom. And I will put all of this in the show notes for you. Again, all these links will be in the show notes. And if you subscribe to the Mom Inspired Show, um, you will get all of this in your inbox every week. So you don't have to go searching for my favorite thing segment, segment ever again. And um, it comes with every new episode that comes out every Tuesday. So you don't have to remember, wait, when does her episodes come out? Um, so make sure to go to mominspiredshow.com, enter your name and email so that it will all be at your fingertips. All right, guys, let's go to the show. Hey, Erin, thank you so much for coming back on the show today. I am so glad to be here, Amber. Thank you. Okay. So you guys, for those of you that missed last week, um, I would jump off this episode, Ashley, and go listen to that first because Erin shares more about herself and how she got into homeschooling. Um, I think you'll be a little bit lost if you're just coming into the second episode. So make sure you go to the first one. Erin, um, we're just going to jump right into where we left off. Um, last week, we kind of talked about, you know, more general type questions. And this week, I really wanted to focus on more specific questions. And um, the first one that comes to my mind, um, and I feel like this really... Um, oh man, presented itself during COVID um, because we all got thrown into homeschooling um, is how do we organize our time? And I'm especially thinking um, about this in regards to working parents, but I want to cover everyone, but I'm really thinking about the working parents that are just kind of like, I'm trying to do my work and then I'm trying to be a teacher. And so what is your thoughts with um, organizing your time? All right. So the first thing about homeschooling, and I think we touched on this in the last episode is you're thinking differently. This is more like a lifestyle and even COVID at home, being with your family. It's more of a lifestyle than what we're accustomed to in modern education, which is school happens between seven and two. Okay. So the first thing I would say to a family is sit down and look at your life and pull out the calendar and mark some things in it, right? So do you have ballet? Do you have a piano lesson? Do you have, um, you know, if you are a working mom, where are you working? When are you working? And then step back and look at when 
you have time with your family, like where your blocks of time are. Now, at some point you may readjust some of this, but I'm saying, look at your week. You know, you might say, hmm, Mondays are pretty free, Fridays and Saturdays. And so you might adjust your schedule for your academics or your learning to take place on those three days. I have a friend who's a working mom and she starts work about 10 o'clock. That's where she starts and she leaves the home at 10 or 930, you know, in her family, her children get up at 630. They have about a, an hour to get dressed, eat and whatever. And they start school at 730 and they do a block of 730 to uh, nine o'clock, eight or nine. Yeah. 730 to nine. They do a block of school. You know, and then they have a little bit of free time, then somebody comes and takes care of them and they do a little bit of work with that person. So, so the first thing is to look and see and adjust according to your life. And I love this that, you know, um, I forget who wrote this, but, you know, basically I think it's, we have, um, 156 hours. Is that right? 156 hours in a week and no, 168 hours in a week. Uh, 40 hours for work, homeschooling only takes about 20 hours a week. And that's even high if your children are young, but Mm -hmm. you could plan on 20. You still have 56 hours to sleep and that leaves you 52 hours to do other things, which includes, you know, cooking, going to the bathroom. But, um, but if you begin to look at your week like that, I think that is the first thing that would really help as you begin to look at your schedule. And then, like I say, figure those 20 hours. And even within those 20 hours, there's instruction time. Then there's um, time when they're working on something. So you don't have to be quite right there. Uh, But that would be the first thing that I would say with considering your time. Does that answer the question? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just thinking how there's probably going to be more of a demand um, for nannies. (laughs) Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> to to help with homeschooling, you know, even if the parents are able to work at home, like maybe to have somebody to kind of oversee them or like what you were describing that mom leaves at 10. So if, if the parents have flexible schedules, but then they need the help. So that's just something to think about, because I think that people could just be panicking and, um, you know, that you might just need to look for help um, uh, to come in and kind of you know, step in and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that as an example. Um, this kind of ties into the first question, um, but the importance of having a routine and schedule. Um, why would you say that's important? Oh, boy. Well, I always believe that there's just wisdom in having a routine and schedule regardless. I don't care if you're working or not, because, you know, we tend to get done what we think out or prioritize, Right. And you can always be flexible with your schedule, but I think it's important to start with some structure. I, as a person, am a, um, I really am a free spirit, but I have found for myself, if I have a structure, then I'm sure to get the things important They're They're on that list to get them done. And then it actually gives me the freedom to be creative. But if you're a working parent, You would need a schedule because your time is limited and you've got to keep those children accountable. So even if um, you're doing what you said, which I think, I think a working parent has to have help. If that help is a nanny, like you said, Mm -hmm. or a babysitter or um, 
even, you know, putting them in a, a program that meets twice a week or once a week or something, you're going to need that outside help because you're just not available all the time. Right. But then a schedule and routine, it helps your children to know what to expect too. They're going to be more productive if they know, okay, school is during this time and then you have a break at this time, or this is when the instruction is, and this is when you're going to do that homework. And then as the working parent, again, you're setting yourself up for success for the week. You're laying out your expectations. Like I said, there could be flexibility, things will change, but you have an idea of where you're going. And I feel like personally, again, that was so important. Like I always in my mind's eye had an idea of what my semester goal was. Then I sort of broke it down to what was my month goal, then what was my week goal, then what was my daily goal. Now, the way that helped me is if I got ahead or behind, I sort of had these markers of where I wanted to be. It just kept us on track. Yeah, I like that. And I, because I do think some people, especially, I'm glad that you mentioned that you're a free spirit um, person, uh, you know, that you're generally probably don't gravitate towards the routine and schedule, but that it is so important to you, even being that kind of person. Um, so I also wanted to talk about you know, help, you know, we talked about having a nanny come in or something like that, but I think it's easy for people, especially moms to think, oh, I should be able to do all of this. Um, what, especially during COVID too. Okay. So you, it's like you have homeschooling in itself and then you have COVID homeschooling. Like if people are needing to go that route, um, yeah. now here's the challenging part, right? If people cannot come into your house because of COVID, this is where things get really challenging. <laughs> Um, so I guess we'll talk about help in the, in regards to people can actually come in and help. Um, I don't know what to tell people, especially if they're working, if they cannot have help. I don't know. Maybe you have some ideas on that, but in general, well, I'm just thinking, let's talk about help and then you can share with us some other tips. Yeah, so definitely. So you can have a number of different types of help. You can have somebody who's just a sitter, you know what I mean? And the kids mm -hmm. can have a good time. You can have somebody that oversees, um, maybe you've already assigned the work and they just are there to make sure they actually do their math page. Maybe they don't do any real teaching necessarily. They just make sure they do what they're supposed to do. Um, you could have a tutor. Um, I had a friend who they had a French nanny. You know, she was from France mm, because mm -hmm. yep. they teach her children French. Uh, so you have all kinds of options. Then there's also, there's a lot of online uh, school options now as well. You can take as simple as a class online to full-fledged curriculums online. Uh, so that that's another piece. But just somebody to partner with you however you need partnership. And like I said, I do a lot of tutoring. And I tutor homeschool kids too. I, mm. you know, some of them, their parents just don't want to deal with the algebra too. So I, you know, do that with them. Um, and I want to say, I have done so much through Zoom. You know, I did a ton of tutoring this year through, through Zoom. So that is a way where um, they would still have somebody else yeah. monitoring. Okay. But it's, that's a little different just in the sense that this, you know, the kid could run away from the screen. <laughs> right. <laughs> have them. But uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that is good. Is there any other um, 
thoughts that you have in regards to help? Or is that mainly what you're talking about, like getting tutors and stuff like that? Yeah, tutors and bring somebody in. Another thing that's great is, you know, you don't, you're not in isolation. There are probably friends that you have that you could take the kids at your house on Tuesday and they could take the kids at, on Thursday. You know, when I was homeschooling, I had this friend and I don't know why she did it. It was just all service to me, but she would take my one son all day Thursday. She just said, my kids just need somebody. And I would send them with his schoolwork and he would spend the days with her. Wow. And he, oh my gosh, he loved it. You know, that was a great option. I've had times where um, I had a friend, their family, the mother got sick. So I homeschooled her daughter for six weeks. You know, so there's, there are options to partner. I think the key is, again, how do we make this work? And look at the possibilities outside the box. And we're going to discover beautiful options and relationships. And maybe, or maybe, you know, you say, I'm good at this. So I'll take the kids, you know, Wednesday morning and we'll do, I don't know, math. And then you take them Friday afternoon and you do social studies. I mean, there's just lots of ways to partner. And then there are co-ops and uh, lots of options with that as well. Yeah. I was going to ask you too, how does co-ops work? Um, And how do you figure out which is the best for your kids? Yeah. So again, um, we've done lots over the years and you know, your, your life ebbs and flows and your family needs grow and change. So just to keep that in mind, but so a co-op generally means you are participating in some of the teaching. Okay. So that might mean you might have a meet on a Wednesday, but you might have to rotate and do some teaching. There are also options where you don't do the teaching, um, where you can just sign up, pay and leave your child. Uh, and then, um, there are some cases like when my kids were in high school, where we would do a, like the, one of the co-ops, I don't know if you'd call it a co-op, but we call it a co-op, but I didn't teach, um, where I signed up for a specific class. They took it, they graded everything, you know, and I took that grade. And then there's another thing, um, where, you can sometimes be in, in a, where there's a class, but you retain the authority as the teacher. So they're doing the work, meeting together, but you still do the grading. So, and as far as what's the best, again, I would just try something and does it work for your family? Yeah. Sometimes things are long lasting. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes they come and go, you right. know. Um, we used a number of them, but I personally loved being a part of something because of the relationships, the accountability to other adults, the influence. And, um, we just have some of our best, best friends still from all of those experiences. Yeah. And that probably ties into the socialization that I'll talk about, um, later in the show, um, because I do think that makes a big difference. I did want to ask you, we talked a little bit about, you know, public school being different from homeschooling. Um, but I have heard, you know, and seen people talk about, um, kids that go to private school, like, why am I going to send or pay for a private school? And then it's all getting messed up and stuff like that. So what would you say is the, you know, big difference between homeschooling and then, um, private schools? Yeah. So, um, I actually, Amber taught in public school, private school, and homeschool. Mm. 
Um, I loved my private school. I loved the relationships. It was a, a Christian school, which I really appreciated, you know, being able to have that as the influence. But uh, yeah, if I don't know, <laughs> I don't know yeah. that right now I'd yeah. pay for that if I, my child's at home. I think I take, I think I'd, I think I'd bring them home. Um, you know, before you, going to private school is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And actually when I, I considered like, I wanted to send my kids to private school, but I didn't have the money back sure. in the day. Right. I still don't. Um, yeah. but so uh, expensive. It, yeah, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't for me, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I could emulate at home. And now with COVID, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so you know how you were saying with the public school that they have to kind of go towards the middle. Um, what do you see with the private school? You know, you know it's so much money and people mm-hmm. feel like there's a value because people are willing to pay for it. Um, so I guess, you know, if you're trying to figure out private school and whatever you're paying for versus homeschooling, what do you see as the biggest difference? Well, if you're sent into private school, somebody else is doing all that thinking, right? For you. Right. That's a value, right? And yeah. they're making the lesson plans and they're organizing what needs to be done and when and that, you know, and they're managing that piece and that could be worth paying for. Um, homeschool, you're covering that, right? So yeah. you're thinking those things through. So, and, and I don't want people to, I mean, homeschooling is work. It's right. a to work, you know? And so do you have the bandwidth for that? Do you have the time and the energy for that? You know, you have to consider those things. And, and like I said, it's hard work now. I loved it, but it's hard work. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to ask you a trick question. Okay. Okay. Uh, It came across my mind when I was just thinking about it. So is there a time frame that if you were to say, if you only homeschooled your kids from a certain age group. Is there an age group that stands out to you that you're like, this would be the most ideal age frame, you know, whatever to homeschool them? Okay. Um, so I, I, okay. I'm going to, instead, I'm going to tell you the advantages at the different ages because I I love, like I loved every level (laughs) when your children are young. Yeah. It's a little bit easier in the sense academically. Right. Obviously, you can probably read and you can probably do, you know, your basic math. Yeah. So you're laying that foundation for learning. um, And you can send your child back into school pretty easy, no matter what you did at home. Mm. Right. Your child eight. They're just going to be third grade. Pretty straight ahead. Okay. The thing I like about middle school homeschooling is your children's brain begins to change. Um, they, you'll notice they tend to get more argumentative. They, um, puberty sort of sets in. I always laugh and say they grow for six months and then they learn for six months, but they never do that at the same time. Mm. Um, but, uh, and they're just, there's a lot of, um, that, that change between child to, I guess, teen, um, they just benefit so much from that support. So there's a really great advantage to homeschooling during that time, mm. just laying the foundation. I also believe um, the relationship you have with your child when they're about middle school, 
really can help set what your teen years look like. And and there's so much um, insecurity that you can just give them time to sort of strengthen some skills. Okay. And then high school. Okay. (laughs) It's just so fun. I think, why wouldn't you want to high, do homeschool high school? Your kids are capable. Yes, you can have some attitude. And yes, you know, all my kids did things I thought they never would. But they're going to do that anyway. Right. Um, <laughs> get to really consider their unique. You can do it all the way along. But really, what are they passionate about? What are they interested in? Um, and you can really take the time to explore and strengthen those skills. So I would say, um, uh, one piece I was thinking about is remember, if you do homeschool, you are not, it doesn't mean you have to homeschool for the rest of your life. Um, cause life changes, right? Yeah. So who knows? I will say this, if it is harder to move between high school, homeschool and public school, that is a bit harder because of credits, Okay. So you probably need a more long-term goal with that. It's not impossible. And I've seen lots of people do it, but it is a little bit harder to move back and forth. Whereas up to eighth grade, it's easy. Er- yeah. So there's, you know, sometimes things stand out to me with, you know, kids getting in trouble and, um, I don't know, just going down the wrong path and stuff like that. And it seems like, oh, would it be easier to keep them at home? Um, when they're older, you know, and, and, um, shield them, I guess, from things, but kind of like what you were saying, they still found ways to get in trouble, um, or do things that you didn't think they would do. Uh, but it, you know, it's, it's scary to think like, okay, you know, being around other people and all that kind of stuff, um, could totally change them. Kind of like you were saying, like, um, the relationship you set with them, um, in middle school really influences how it will be in high school. So that's really good to know. Uh, so yeah, sometimes I just think, gosh, would it be better for them to be home with us in high school? But then I'm like, am I doing a disservice to them, especially if they've been in school, right? Are they going to feel like they're missing out on all the stuff, the sports, the team sports from school, the prom, all that kind of stuff? So what's your thoughts in regards to all that other stuff? Yeah. So and I just want to back up and say, one of the greatest things, I, I am so glad, at least for our family that we homeschooled in high school and because the relationship and Amber, Mm -hmm. if you don't homeschool, then as a parent, you really need to be conscious of that relationship. And the only reason I say that is because in high school, they start to drive and they start to date and they are, you know, my daughter did ballet every day and you know what I'm saying? So I'm just, you have to take, be more conscious about being in their lives because they need you so much. And yes, my kids did things, but I will tell you our relationship and relationship today as young adults, it's just, there's just a level there that I'm grateful for. Would we have had it if they went to school? Maybe, maybe not. Um, But they so need you. They just so need you. Uh, Okay. And so then the second part of that question, you said, oh, see, I went off on a tangent. It's okay. Go ahead. Um, Oh, um, like doing all the extra stuff, like prom and all that, you know, just be being part of, you know, your graduating class and, and just kind of having that. And, and will the kids look back and go, oh, I wish I would have had that. Or do you feel like, no, they'll get that in college and it'll be fine. 
Yeah. So uh, nobody graduated this year. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) um, You know what, Amber, today, I don't think my kids missed anything. Mm -hmm. We had a graduation. Uh, They had proms. Matter of fact, my one son planned the prom for the, all the homeschoolers in our uh, city. Oh, wow. and made a profit. Um, <laughs> I love and, it. And had control over the food and music. Um, you know, so no, I think today, really, there are so many options. There's sports teams and everything. I don't true. think that's true. They, yeah. I, I think they missed out. And, you know, I, I mean, you're not with your friends fully that time that maybe you are in school. But I think some students, not everybody likes that. Yeah, and, right. And I have seen actually sometimes when kids have gone to school and then they homeschool, they have some work habits that have been established in school that really benefit them. So I've seen success all, all along the way. Yeah. So here's yeah. my question. If people had a choice, yeah, I told you these are going to be trick questions, because um, I have a feeling people are thinking these things. So I really want to try to ask questions that people are thinking about. If you could pick, Aaron, <gasps> to hold to homeschool in middle school or high school. Now, obviously, our middle school is, wait, it is six, seventh, and eighth. So that is three years. Okay. It's some, some are two years, but let's just go with three. And then high school is obviously four. What would you... What would you pick if you had to pick which one to homeschool? I would pay attention to my child. Okay. I would be, because I would look and say, what are their needs and what, how am I most going to accomplish what will best set them for success? Because it's, it's not a cut or dry. I mean, and that's the beauty with homeschooling and the beauty with parenting is that we get to look at our individual family and make choices for them and say, hey, I think you need the structure of school. So I'm sending you to school. Or I think we really need to bring you home. There are mm. some areas that we just need to focus on yeah. that will set you up for success. Now, what if you have two high schoolers at the same time? Uh, would you really pull one and keep the one in school if you felt that was best? Um, so I will say this. I've had friends who have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a passionate homeschooler. I'm like, why wouldn't you want your kids all together? Well, and that's what I'm saying, because I do yeah. feel like that could be inconvenient. So like if, cause when yeah. you were saying that, I'm thinking, well, what if you still have another child that's it, that isn't going to fit into what the other one needs per se. So yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was just trying to figure out. Um, yeah. Cause I guess I was just trying to think like, if people were in the middle of like thinking, oh, okay, you know, they're going into middle school, should I just pull them out? And if they really miss it, then they can still go back to high school. Or yep. if they did go to middle school, I guess you could always be like, well, we can try it for ninth grade and see how we do. And if not, you can go back in. But now how hard would that be missing ninth grade in the traditional school to get back into it? Yeah. And I do think that's something uh, that you need to consider. And what I would suggest in a case like that is have a relationship with your local school. Mm-hmm. Talk with the administrators. Say, here's what we're wanting to do. Um, what would we need to do in order to transition back? I think that sometimes we forget 
that they're wanting the best for our children too. Um, and there's a lot of power in that relationship. So that's what I would do is I would have open communication so that I knew uh, what what would be expected and set up for that success. Okay. That makes sense. I like that. Okay. So I'm going to go back to some of our questions and um, in regards to a parent's role and a student's role in homeschooling, um, how would you best describe that and what that looks like? Yeah. So the parent really is responsible, right? So they need to figure out the curriculum, set the plan, keep the student accountable. And this is key because all of our children are born with a sinful nature. And I think sometimes as parents, we forget that. And then we actually set our children up for, um, uh, well, unfair expectations. And I say that just to say, they're children. You know, the Bible says, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. So they need us to be leading to have that accountability and keeping them on track. And so um, that would be the parent's job, right? And then as far as the student's role, that doesn't mean that the student can't be involved in some of the decision-making, right? And you might say, you know, what, what are some subjects or what are you interested in? I mean, you can engage the student or when do you think is the best time that we should do this or that? I mean, you can engage them. But the children, to help them to learn the responsibility. So say as a parent, you had a plan, then the student might, you know, it might be their job to check things off when they're done or um, come at the end of each day and show their parents what they've done. Um, and you're growing them to more, uh, independence. That's the goal. And they do get more independent, which is exciting, but they never get to the point. Uh, I guess there could always be that anomaly, but in general, they never get to that point where they don't need your overseeing and your guidance. And I think as when they're younger, you're really teaching. Then as they become junior high, you're sort of, you're training. And then in high school, you're continuing to train, but now you're mentoring. Mm. Kind of keep that in mind, but always stay connected. I, I do talk to parents sometimes and they're like, well, he's 16 and I'm just done. And I'm thinking, no, you're not done. I don't care. And that's beyond even homeschooling. You're not done. You're a parent. Keep parenting. Stay in the game. If you fall down, if you make a mistake, you know, get back up, brush off and, and keep going. Yeah. I they like that. Mm -hmm. Your, your role is so key, imperfect, but so key. Yeah. Well, that kind of leads me into asking, what do you do and what are some strategies for when you're, when your child is struggling and they're not getting their work done and, and you're just kind of, I don't know, up against a wall and you're just like, I don't know what to do because there's no principal to send, you know, them to their office and get a detention or anything like that. So, um, and, and how do you not damage the relationship between you and your child? Yeah. So first of all, if you have, if you're married, you know, right. you do have a, my husband was the principal. He's the, <laughs> when the <laughs> principal gets home, <laughs> that part, Amber, is he worked at home. Um, and there were <laughs> they go to his office. <laughs> and there were those times he had to remove the teacher from the classroom. <laughs> you need a timeout. Bye-bye. <laughs> I did. But um, so strategies, and I think that comes with, it, this is where it sort of crosses a little bit with parenting. 
But you don't want to get into a power struggle. If you get in a power struggle, your child will win all the time because they have nothing else to do, right? They don't, you've got other things to do. So you want to avoid a power struggle. So if you can set up expectations and have consequences and rewards, you know, one of the things I tried to do was uh, we had a more traditional in that we taught during the day because I worked at nights and I worked in the mornings. Um, but if my uh, children didn't get their work done during the day, then it was homework. And they knew this. And that meant, you know, when we were done school and their friends came home, they were in their room doing their schoolwork by themselves. And that consequence was on them and they didn't have me to help them because I had to now move on and be mother mm. or whatever. Worker, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, to, so we had clear cut expectations. We didn't allow it to get into a uh, power struggle. Obviously it did sometimes, you know what I'm saying? But right. in general, we worked on that and had, and then had, um, you know, rewards as well. You get this done. This, you go Friday afternoon, you can take off and go be with your friends. Mm -hmm. So I think finding out what those things are. Now, sometimes you'll have a problem with your student and it's a character issue. And so you have to discipline and work with that character issue, right? Sometimes it's a learning issue. And we tend as Americans, we are all about being ahead and our children being straight-A students. And we can drive our kids. And I think you have to stop and go, if my child is struggling, what do I need to do? How do I pull back? How do I help support this area of weakness? And maybe they have to take a little longer. Uh, where It doesn't meet the, you know, I don't know, these false standards of where you should be when you're 10, you know? Right. One of my children really struggled as a student. He had a hard time reading, hard time writing, and he was never on grade level, never. But we just, but I would work with him slow and steady. He took the most time, um, but he, it allowed him to be him. And I think one of the beautiful pieces was I would say to him, I would say, you know, you struggle with this, but that's only a small part of who you are, right? It's not his whole identity. So, um, you know, there are ways cut their learning, like have their sections of learning smaller, you know, do 15 minutes, take a break, do 15 minutes, you know, that right. kind of thing. Yeah. I like that. I was going to ask you too, um, talking about subjects, um, what about subjects that are outside the classroom, like making the non-traditional activities count as a credit? How does that look? Oh my gosh, that's where it's so fun. Um, so you can do that with anything. So for example, uh, one year my daughter did a, uh, she did the newsletter for our church's youth group. And so she uh, wrote all the copy, interviewed people, did the graphic design. So we made that an elective. And I just created an elective and I don't remember. I probably called it graphic design. I don't know what I called it. And because, uh, for example, in high school, a credit is 120 hours or about 75% of a textbook except for math. So I would just had her, I just logged all her time. I used her actual newsletters as 
the things that I graded and made that a course. And it was wonderful. Yeah, that's awesome. We did that with my other son. He's uh, into videography. So we did a, uh, you know, we did a number of videos, but one was this huge, he did a parody um, and my husband helped him record, write and record the song. And then they did a storyboard and he got all his friends and we made this video. It was incredible. You can find it online. It's um, Monday, Monday. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's a spoof on Rebecca Black's, uh, whatever hers was Friday, Friday anyway. Um, but yeah, so you can do that. And that's what I really like because then you can let your children really explore different topics. And the thing with my son that did the video, well, I mean, when he got into college, he was amazing because he had had all this experience. He actually worked professionally in video before he went to school. So you can take subjects, um, and teach them that are like non-traditional things and teach them, get credit for it. And yet your student is really expanding their experience. I love that. That is really cool. And those are really good life skills. Yeah. Yeah. So Erin, we're almost at the end of the show. And I do want to ask you about socialization, um, you know, especially with COVID, right? Not only did we have to go into a homeschooling situation, but then you have COVID and then we had a you know, stay at home and all that kind of stuff. So um, my thoughts are, what what if we have to do this again? You know, we have homeschooling. Um, You can talk about homeschooling, traditionally homeschooling without the COVID, um, trying to socialize. And then any thoughts on how to be social if we have to do the stay at home um, orders again and homeschool? What is your thoughts with trying to, you know, just keep our kids from being completely isolated? Yeah, so... I think it depends again what our what we're allowed. You know, if we're allowed to have ten people, um, which I think are you know right now I think we're allowed to have more contact, which is nice. We are, um, unless it just gets worse. You know, for next year, <laughs> right? But I think we're always allowed somebody. Um, so I would have them over. Like I said, have them and do their schoolwork together. I mean, you can have a friend over and both do your math. And I think another piece that's important is. You know, there's something to be said even for collaborating, even in math. You know, we, we do a lot of isolation work, but we do better to um, sometimes to work with somebody. You know, you can problem solve and think out loud and you learn from them. So I think that's a valuable thing to do. But you can have them over FaceTime, you know, yeah. I mean, just FaceTime and, ta- you know, while you're doing it. And uh, I think that helps. That's another way to be together. Um, and just, you know, we just, again, think outside the box. And I think there are options. You could go to a park and be six feet away, you know, and, and be able to kind of be together. Yeah, true. I agree. And so if minus COVID, um, as we wrap up, what are some top tips that you would suggest to people in regards to keeping your kids socialized, you know, going through homeschooling. I know you said something about sports. I think that's a really great option. What else um, comes to mind in regards to um, socializing? So socialization has two definitions, but we're going to focus on the one that you're talking about, which is interacting and being with people. Um, And I think you just, one of the things I saw, I never had a problem with socialization because we don't live on a mountain by ourselves, right? 
We live in a community. We have neighbors. There are sports teams. Um, there, my kids worked. Uh, I mean, there's just just wherever there's people, there's opportunities to be together. You might have to be a bit more deliberate because they're not just going to school and seeing them, those people every day. But it's just a matter of thinking it, thinking about it and setting it in your schedule like you would anything else. And, um, but, but we, uh, we didn't miss a beat because there's just, there's just so much going on around us and we're amongst people all the time. Yeah, I think that is helpful because I do think it's easy just to assume that, okay, they're never going to talk to anybody or see people. Um, and I think that's probably a big fear in regards to homeschooling. So um, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, we could probably keep talking and do, I don't know, 20 episodes together because there's just so much information. And I know you're so passionate about it and whatnot. But um, I know that moms are tight on time with the summer schedule, especially because camps are not really happening. <laughs> so I'm trying to give it, um, give moms, you know, quick bites of information so that they can listen here and there. Um, so Aaron, thank you so much for coming on and doing these two shows with me. This was very insightful. And I really do think this is going to help a lot of moms out there try to figure out what path they want to take. Well, it's been a pleasure. And also they can just tell them to look me up on the home educated mind.com. That's sure. where you can find I, Yep. And I'll put that in the show notes. So that's perfect. All right. Thank you so much, Aaron. Yeah, you bet. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Hey, you guys, have you subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list yet? If you want to have discounts sent to your email and links to the books we discuss on the show, as well as all the guests' information, then you will want to subscribe. That way, every episode will show up in your inbox every Tuesday, and you won't have to go searching for the newest episode. It will be right at your fingertips. So just go to mominspiredshow.com and scroll down and enter your name and email, and you will be all set. See you next week.